Hello and welcome. My name is Pat Gross and I am speaking on behalf of the Community Entrepreneur. Today I'm pleased to present Gemma Tui, the manager of the Albury Wodonga Volunteer Resource Bureau. Gemma is passionate about volunteering and managing volunteers. She's been involved over 25 years with volunteers, both as a volunteer and managing volunteers in her own right. Welcome, Gemma. Thank you, Pat. Good morning. Okay. What I'd like to do uh, today, Gemma, is explore volunteering with you and volunteering management. Excellent. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So what is so good about having volunteers in the organisation? I believe the, um, the opportunity to have a mutual sharing, the skills experience of the volunteers and yourselves and the opportunities can be endless. Uh, the range of people that you have through your organisation, everyone has something to bring. Oftentimes when they walk away, we've got some very special skills that we've learned as well. So very much about the mutual sharing opportunities. Can you give us a little bit of background about how you got involved in volunteering and what led you to become, I'd say, an expert in volunteering? I know very much about what you do, Gemma, and I'd consider you to be an expert. Thank you, Pat. So I guess the fact that um, it would be over 25 years where I've worked in a formal capacity in, as far as um, coordinating and managing volunteers, and that's been with um, several well-renowned organisations, Red Cross, for example, Wodonga City Council, Lutheran Aged Care, and my current position as manager of the Volunteer Resource Bureau. Prior to that, my own personal experiences sat around being on boards of committees and starting with the preschool, the school, and I'm currently on the, uh, a community centre committee at present. But I guess the, um, the roles that I've had in those different organisations have been very varied and so have the people and the places. So that perhaps gives me a little bit of guidance about how I can uh, share those experiences. What are the three things that someone should know about how to be successful in managing volunteers? I really think that one of the most important experiences to take away and, and learn is that we need to respect the volunteer and treat them as if they're in a paid position. So with that, probably that's number one. It comes um, an equilibrium around also expecting the volunteers to be responsible for their role and explaining their boundaries because that's empowering them. And that's the and the third thing then is the management systems that make sense and can be adapted quite easily no matter where you are in the volunteer program. So it's respecting the volunteer expectations about the volunteer's role and management systems. Can you give us a couple of examples of how those three things might work? So if a volunteer come in to our organisation, we would... Um, listen to their skills that they bring. We would take a good time, do a formal interview with them. We would work out what their interests are and then we give them the opportunity to walk through the building, uh, work out what it is that they'd exactly like to, to do. It might be around the garden, it might be in the reception area. Uh, and then we would talk to them about when we expect them to turn up, 
what the boundaries are around their role. So there'll be certain things that they will be doing and there are things that they will need to be supervised in doing or not do at all. And that's some of the beauty for the volunteer is they don't necessarily want to have the worry of a paid position. They want to be able to come in, do the role and go home and relax. And um, then just the management of those volunteers is really important. So do we have some sort of form where they sign in so we know that they are who they say they are, that they have the skills that they're talking about, opportunities to train them if there's things that they're interested in. So we're taking, creating a bit of a portfolio for them. Now, the beauty of that is then as their skills increase, they can take that on and move on to another, to another place. So that's the management. And also just being uh, open to listen to their ideas as part of that management as well because often you get a bit focused in on what you think is the right thing to do and another pair of eyes is pretty well regarded in this environment. Thanks Gemma. So what's the best way to get started? So I think in terms of managing uh, volunteers in your organisation, the organisation needs to consider what it is that they want happen in in terms of the volunteer roles they want to be able to be ready to accept the volunteers they need to be able to nurture the volunteers and at the very beginning of the process everyone needs to be involved in that so there's no sense of threat for the staff within that organization because it can be a little bit daunting if you haven't had volunteers before and then all of a sudden People think, oh, am I going to lose my job because this person is is coming to volunteer? We need to be very, very clear that it's an add-on role, icing on the cake. People talk about that. It's something that can make your service more spectacular than it already is because most of the time our services are very, very stretched to do the everyday stuff, let alone sit and have a conversation with someone. So I think that's really important uh, at the very beginning. Work out where they're going to fit, what the roles that they're going to do, who's going to be responsible for them, and that the organisation will embrace them as they come in from the management down. So how long does it take to really become proficient in managing volunteers? I think it's a little different for everyone. I think that people, it depends on what sort of background they're coming from. Anything to do with human services, you know, there's a whole lot of experience that you would bring to a role there. You need to have really good communication skills. You need to be prepared for the roller coaster ride because it is a roller coaster ride. You will get, you know, three or four fantastic volunteers in place, and then two of them will go off on holidays, and you can sort of sense that things are falling apart for you. But you must remember to just keep that roll on happening all the time, looking for new volunteers as a as a guide a couple of times a year. Proficiency is probably, you know, it's over a 12-month period, I would think, when you start to work out where the people fit, the personality types, um, where they can best, where everyone wins is the hard part. And, you know, it, it can be, as in one of the hardest things to do, people say, is work with people. And so it's about, as much about the personality uh, and contribution that the volunteer wants to give as anything else. So it's having a bit of patience. It's sometimes failing and getting up and dusting yourself up often going, okay, let, let's do this again. We'll try a different approach. Thanks, Gemma. You mentioned human services. 
Will your methods or advice work in any area of volunteering and for anyone? Most of the thoughts that I'm putting to you today are quite generic. Uh, I've got a vision in my mind of, you know, there's someone who's working in the op shop. We've uh, worked with volunteers in hospital environment and aged care. We've worked with volunteers that do one-on-one -on -one visiting in people's own homes with young children with disabilities, with people that volunteer with their pets, people that want to do outdoor activities such as uh, planting trees. We have people that love working on their own, others that want to work in a group, events. So it's, it is really quite diverse anyway, no matter, I mean, it's, it's the community and the community is ever-changing. And it's what their needs, the emerging needs of the community that the volunteers generally fall into. So it could be fundraising one day, it could be out there planting a tree the next. So how much experience does a person need to manage volunteers? Once again, I think it's a matter of being prepared to, to learn as you go. You can certainly bring whatever life skills you've got because you're going to meet so many different people within the 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 course of your volunteer management anyway. I think if we consider what life skills we've got initially, then we can talk about how does how does that actually work in a volunteer management role? What what can I bring? So for example, I think you need to have a be a really good listener. You need to be able to sit there and listen. What is it that the person is really asking? What is it that they want to do? Can we fulfill that need? Or is it not the right time or place to have that volunteer? So if you've got those those listening skills, good communication skills, and if you don't and you're prepared to get out there and learn, do a course to step you towards that volunteer management, then I think that's a really good idea. Of course, any new role often takes you 12 months to settle in. It depends, I guess, if you're working as a volunteer manager or as a dual role. A lot of places have a volunteer manager you also do the activities role. So it just depends on what your experience is previously, really. It's a bit hard to answer. Um, can you provide us some real-life examples of people who have followed your advice? So we've had um, quite a bit of experience around supporting people um, across Australia. We have created some really good documents and some templates We've sold many copies of that toolkit across Australia and overseas. We have people coming back saying, you know, this is uh, like a Bible to me. It's actually our Bible. And that's as close as Wengarada. People have uh, found it that just having a conversation, and I find that in New South Wales, I get people calling from Sydney and Newcastle and Lismore. What do you think about this? Um, and just having that conversation, and like, oh, this is great, thank you so much. And they're volunteer managers in different parts of the states. Uh, in Victoria, there's network meetings we attend as well, and it's very, very good to have that open, honest conversation with them around, you know, what's happening for people, what's working and what's not. I guess if I had a look at some of the feedbacks from some of our training, you would once again see quite a diverse range of community organisations that have picked up and used our advice and really embraced the methods and the management and the uh, administration systems to make the whole process quite easy. And it's also abiding to a set of guidelines around the national principles for volunteering.
if you had one secret to give about managing volunteers, what would it be? I think probably the most important thing that I have found in my experience is that to accept, like as I said before, that it is a roller coaster ride, not to let it get you down when you do have that, you know, so many good people in place and working successfully and then all of a sudden two or three drop off. You will never lose that good reputation at the very beginning if you've looked after them and respected the people in the first place. People will come to you and it's still, word of mouth is still the most popular, the most trusted way that people will find out about what you do and what they can do as volunteers. So you treat every person like you're going to have you're, you're an advocate for your service and if they stay for a week, if they stay for a year, uh, it makes no difference. You're still advocating for your service and for the people that you're working with. What are some of the common problems that people experience when it comes to managing volunteers? So one of the things that's often talked about is where a volunteer, what I say it very nicely, won't take direction. And for me, it's really important that at the initial stage of engaging a volunteer, you put those boundaries in place. Because people, while they must have the best of intentions, tend to gently step out of the line and then they take another step and another step and another step. And all of a sudden, you're in a mighty lot of trouble. So my suggestion is that you be very, very clear at the very beginning, at the onset, that half-hour interview is this is what we have in place and this is outside of the boundaries. And as a volunteer involving organisation, we have the right to release an unsuitable volunteer. So right at the beginning, they're very clear on that. And you have I've had to exit volunteers and we have a very good process in place to do that with respect and also give them an opportunity to come back for an exit interview if they choose to. Volunteering sounds to be a really good a good vocation and managing volunteers. Now, it all sounds to be so good, too good to be true. So what's the catch? What's the catch? The catch is you have to be passionate. You have to care about the service that you're providing. You have to um, put time into the volunteers. You have to be able to be prepared to train them, uh, to offer them opportunities for growth and moving on and accept that that's part of the role. But yes, some people will stay, others won't. Uh, and just keeping at the back of your head, in the back of your mind, I have seen so many people that have got, have worked with me as volunteers, they've moved into the that same area of interest to study and then they're working full time. And I say, hi, Gemma, do you remember where I was volunteering with you? And I think that's just the most wonderful outcome. If you can keep that at the back of your mind, it's really a terrific positive outcome then for everyone. So what sorts of things can people do to stay on top of volunteering, managing volunteers? Mm -hmm. So we've created um, a toolkit, a way to go toolkit for volunteer management. And in that there is 60, over 60 templates and examples, policies and procedures, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, what we've done, it, it's in its seventh edition. Each year we add to that and change with regulations, for example, this last year it was WHS and previously it was the food handling. So we've also had requests. What we do is annually we update it because, for example, the fires in Victoria, people were asking what do we do about reimbursement for people. They don't want us, you know, they want to come and contribute 
However, we know that they're not financially able to do that every time. Can we reimburse them? So we put in a document that would work for that particular example. With the Way to Go Toolkit, we have the, the whole toolkit is guided by the eight national standards and each section gives you an opportunity to firstly work through all your documentation, secondly go through and induct and train and thirdly look at your continuous improvement. When we sell the toolkit, we actually work with you for three hours in a group setting and train you so it doesn't just sit and collect dust on the shelf. Uh, as I mentioned before, we've sold nearly a 1,000 copies in the last seven years and it's adaptable. So once you take it, you own it, you put your own letterhead on it. It's got a CD in it and what we have done is we're trying to move into an online space where we can mentor people further but we're always at the end of the phone anyway. You need a bit of guidance and advice about a particular area. It's also got a CD in it which is one half is PDF and the second half is in Word. And the Word documents are, as I said, you can actually put your, you know, Aubrey Wodonga Volunteer Resource Bureau. could be the organisation that goes on the top. It could be Lutheran Aged Care that goes on the top. All quite adaptable. Pull out what's not relevant. But a lot, a lot of the language is quite generic in, in the areas that we work in. So you don't have to change anything if you don't want to. But in terms of the mentoring side of things, we, we are here, so it's just a matter of picking up the phone and having a conversation with us, and we're quite used to that. And as I said, we've become renowned in New South Wales and Victoria in particular, um, even in the Wimmera. We've been working with uh, Horsham to set the uh, Way to Go Toolkit. It's quite, quite embedded now in their organisations over there, so that's pretty important too. Okay, Gemma, so where can people find out more information about the toolkit and about the mentoring? Okay, so there's a couple of ways that we can find out about that. We, you can go onto our website, www.vrb, as in volunteer resource bureau.org.au. You can phone us on 0260-210-990 and ask for Gemma or Heather. You can email us, so the same, it's Gemma at brb.org.au or Heather at brb.org.au. We can then, if you're wanting to come out, us to come out and do a training session with you. We also offer a backup, a facilitator's guide. So once you've been through the training with us and you want to do it in your own backyard, for example, we've got a downloadable PowerPoint which pretty much goes through word for word what I would train you in. So it's fairly straightforward, just trying to make it as easy as possible for people. That's great. So thank you, Gemma. That's been really interesting. I'm sure people will agree that Gemma has given some good insights into volunteering and certainly may have whetted a few appetites. So I would suggest that you hop over onto the Volunteer Resource Bureau website, which is www.vrb.org.au, or give the Volunteer Resource Bureau a call on 02-6021-0990. And I'd like to take the opportunity to thank Gemma for taking the time to talk to us today. It was very much appreciated. That's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Gemma.